E.A. Spicer discusses Genesis 32 in the context of its syntax, emphasizing A.B. Ehrlich's 1908 interpretation of the verse. Ehrlich had identified the correct syntax, differing from traditional accents, although he was unaware of external evidence that supported his view. Speiser suggests that the phrasing within the verse is consistent with the specific context. A man preparing to pray to God for assistance against his brother would not privately call him my lord. Instead, this title is part of a message intended for delivery to his brother. Speiser accentuates that this pattern is not unique to the Hebrew text. It mirrors an Akkadian epistolary formula. The Akkadian example, Anna and Bilia Kubima Umma and Waradkama, translates to, To my Lord X say, thus speaks your servant Y, serving as an exact parallel to the situation described in Genesis 32. Therefore, Spicer affirms the importance of considering the syntax and cultural context for a nuanced understanding of the verse. Also, in his analysis of Genesis 32, 5, Robert Alter asserts the intricacies of the text's language, highlighting the role of syntax and semantics in conveying its thematic depth. Alter draws attention to the specific phrasing of the message Jacob is to deliver to Esau. He notes that F.A. Spoiser's research demonstrates that the text follows a formulaic pattern used in ancient Near Eastern letters for salutations, thereby supporting the authenticity of its message structure. Moreover, Alter indicates the irony in the titles used to address Jacob and Esau. Despite a prenatal oracle and a paternal blessing that destines Jacob to be the overlord to his brother Esau, the language Jacob employs is deferential, even submissive. Jacob refers to himself as your servant, Eved, and to Esau as my lord, Aden. In contrast, the text itself and the messengers refer to Esau as Jacob's brother, creating a paradox between destiny and current relational status. Alter suggests that this irony serves a broader thematic purpose, making the reunion of the twins more nuanced. The deferential terms used in the ancient Hebrew language are manipulated to serve a complex thematic end, maintaining the layers of meaning embedded in the text. In conclusion, in his analysis of Genesis 32, Speiser focuses on the syntactical elements of the verse, building on A.B. Ehrlich's 1908 interpretation. Speiser agrees with Ehrlich's syntactical understanding, but adds that it reflects an Akkadian epistolary formula commonly used in ancient Near Eastern communication. This formula involves addressing a superior as my lord, and Speiser argues that this detail supports the notion that the message in the verse is intended for Jacob's brother Esau rather than a private prayer to God. Similarly, Robert Alter's study of Genesis 32. 5 also delves into the nuances of the text's language, syntax, and semantics. Alter acknowledges F.A. Spoiser's contribution that verifies the text's formulaic structure as authentic to ancient Near Eastern letters. Further, Alter points out an intriguing irony in how Jacob and Esau are referred to in the text. Jacob uses deferential language, referring to himself as your servant, and to Esau as my lord, despite the fact that Jacob is destined to be the overlord to Esau according to earlier oracles and blessings. This irony adds thematic depth to the narrative, pointing out the complex relationship between destiny and current status, as well as providing a richer understanding of the reunion between Jacob and Esau. Both scholars reiterate the critical role of syntax and cultural context in understanding the depth and nuances of the biblical text. They draw attention to the authenticity and complexity of the message structure, demonstrating how the choice of words serves broader thematic purposes and thus enriching our understanding of this ancient text.